My name is Anthony P. Richards. I'm a pastor and I started this podcast channel to equip, encourage, inspire and challenge you to passionately live to your potential in Christ through the Word of God. For more information, you can go to my YouTube channel, Anthony P. Richards. Welcome as we continue our journey through the book of Esther. And I hope you're really enjoying this incredible uh, story. Gives us an insight into God's uh, involvement in the details of our life, particularly when we don't understand them. So uh, now we're going to move on to Esther chapter 4, verse 1. And uh, this is where we, we're picking up this story here at the end of chapter 3. And uh, there's been this command to kill all the Jews in 11 months' time. So this has now been spread. Okay, we're going to kill all the Jewish people in this massive empire that goes from India to Libya, Ethiopia. So Mordecai hears this, you know, and verse 1, when Mordecai learned all that had happened, he tore his clothes and put on sackcloth and ashes and went out into the midst of the city and he cried out with a loud and bitter cry. He went as far as the front of the king's gate for no one might enter the king's gate clothed with sackcloth. And in every province where the king's command and decree arrived, there was great mourning among the Jews with fasting, weeping and wailing, and many lay in sackcloth and ashes. Mordecai, Mordecai has this incredible anguish over what's happened, but you have to remember that his integrity, his personal integrity is what caused all this. He wouldn't bow to Haman because he knew Haman was a bad man, and this was Haman's result. Uh, a resolve was, as a result of that, was to kill all the Jewish people in the empire. And so Mordecai cries out with this loud and bitter cry, but he was not going to go and grovel to Haman just to save his people. He wasn't going to do that. Um, not just because he had a, a sense of personal integrity himself that had become prideful, but because he knew the character of the law within Persia. That once a law had been made by the king, nothing could change it once it had been decreed. So it wouldn't matter. The petition would be a waste of time. So there's this great mourning, and there's mourning amongst all the Jewish people uh, across the whole empire. There's public expressions of grief and horror. Because you can imagine, you're one of these people. You know that in 11 months' time, you're going to get slaughtered. And you've got to just wait day by day by day, just waiting for the day to come. Because the decree was it couldn't happen before that date. So, verse 4, So Esther's maids and eunuchs came and told her, and the queen was deeply distressed. She didn't know anything about this until this time. Then she sent garments to clothe Mordecai and take his sackcloth away from him, but he would not accept them. Then Esther called Hathak, one of the king's eunuchs, whom he had appointed to attend her. And she gave him a command concerning Mordecai to learn what and why this was. So Hathak went out to Mordecai in the city square that was in front of the king's gate. And Mordecai told him all that had happened to him and the sum of money that Haman had promised to pay into the king's treasuries to destroy the Jews. Esther's living in isolation in the palace. Okay, She hasn't been made aware of this decree. And before she understood the decree, she couldn't understand why her cousin Mordecai would make a spectacle of himself. Okay. So you have to imagine, she doesn't know that all the Jews have been ordered to be killed on this date 11 months from now. She just sees Mordecai all of a sudden going crazy and running around the, 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 the king's gates in sackcloth. So she says, find out what's going on. 
Mordecai was very well aware of the money motive that made Ahasuerus receptive to this horrible plan. Haman knew that by offering this massive amount of silver, that that was a great way to appeal to uh, Ahasuerus's uh, evil instinct. Um, Even though Ahasuerus had nothing against the Jewish people himself. So then we move on to verse 8. He also gave him a copy of the written decree for their destruction, which was given at Shushan, that he might show it to Esther and explain it to her, and that he might command her to go into the king to make supplication to him and plead before him for her people. So Hathak returned and told Esther the words of Mordecai. Then Esther spoke to Hathak and gave him a command for Mordecai. Okay, you get the backwards and forwards here? So she says to Hathak, Tell this command to Mordecai. All the king's servants and the people of the king's provinces know that any man or woman who goes into the inner court of the king who has not been called, he has but one law, put all to death, except the one to whom the king holds out the golden scepter, that he may live. Yet I myself have not been called to go into the king these 30 days. So they told Mordecai Esther's words. So, after giving a copy of the decree to Esther through this uh, hafak, Mordecai says to her, and he challenges her, you have to intercede on behalf of your people. Now's the time to tell the king who you are and that you're a Jew. And Esther explains a little bit of a tough point here, Mordecai. Um, Even if I'm the queen, you are not allowed to just walk into the king's presence and have a chat. If you walk into his presence and you have not been called, he has two choices. Kill you or extend the golden scepter. And if he does that, you get to speak. She also says, and by the way, I haven't been called in to see him for 30 days. Okay, they're not exactly having a very intimate relationship, the king and the queen. She hasn't seen him for 30 days, an entire month. So Mordecai gets this information back from Esther. So what does he do? He sends another message back to Esther. Verse 13. 13. So Mordecai told them to answer Esther. Do not think in your heart that you will escape in the king's palace any more than all the other Jews. For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows? whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Ah, here we go. Mordecai reminds Esther that she couldn't be insulated from the decree more than anybody else. She just couldn't do it. And Mordecai's trust, very interestingly enough, was in the faithfulness of God. He was not trusting in the faithfulness of Esther. He knew that God would not let his people down, even if Esther did. And Mordecai reminded Esther that the fate of God's people rested in God and not her. But her own fate depended on her own faithfulness to God for such a time as this. Mordecai knew that God had done everything in Esther's life because of this point in history. There was a reason. And that Esther had to have the courage and the wisdom to see it, 
for what it was and then fulfill it. And this is the same principle that applies to you and me. God promises us to put us into a place and then he promotes us and puts us into a place for a reason. And we have to have the courage and the wisdom to see that reason and walk in it. Which question to you, where has God got you right now? Because wherever he's got you, it's where he wants you to be. Spurgeon said this, You have been wishing for another position where you could do something for Jesus. Do not wish anything of the kind. Serve Jesus where you are today. I love that. So then we move on to verse 15. Then Esther told them to reply to Mordecai. So we've got a whole backwards and forwards going between Mordecai and Esther here. So Esther says, Go tell Mordecai this. Go gather all the Jews who are present in Shushan and fast for me. Neither eat nor drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will fast likewise. And so I will go to the king, which is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went his way and did according to all that Esther commanded him. Esther here gathers up the determination of her Lord God. And she decides that she is going to make an appearance before the king but only if she's supported by prayer and fasting. Jesus reminded us of this in Matthew chapter 17, by the way, that some spiritual battles require prayer and fasting in order for them to be won. Uh, he said that about a very stubborn case of demonic possession in Matthew 17. So Esther says, I need you to pray, I need you to fast, and I'm going to go into the king. And then she utters, some of the most amazing words, I think, personally in the Bible anywhere, because I love her resolve. She says, I'm going to do it. It's against the law. And if I die, I die. That's a bold attitude of a mission. Let me tell you right there. She was determined to be obedient no matter what the cost was. Jesus said that we should have the same kind of attitude in Matthew chapter 10. Do not fear those who kill the body, but they cannot kill the soul. Paul said in Philippians chapter 1, to live is Christ and to die is gain, which leads me to an observation today as we wrap up this particular chapter here. Chapter 4. Mordecai knew that it was about God, not Esther. And Esther knew that God might actually let her die. She did not know how it was going to play out. But she knew that she had a job to do. And she was prepared to do that job no matter what the cost was. So things are really starting to heat up in the book of Esther. And we are going to continue with chapter 5 in the next video. Tell me what you, what you observe. Write down in the comments below. Heavenly Father, thank you for this wonderful story, for Esther's decision to have such boldness in the face of a, a potentially horrifying outcome. But thank you for her resolve, which reminds us, God, that you have put us in places. I pray for every single person, Lord, right now watching this video, that they would understand that where you've got them, if they're listening on a podcast and they're running, wherever they are, I pray, Lord, right now, they just stop, stop right now and just say, God, where have you got me right now? And let me be a better steward of where you have me. Let, let me be a better steward of what, you, what place you have placed me in right now. And God, give me the boldness and the courage to do what I need to do in that place. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening. 
For more content, please don't forget to check out my YouTube channel, Anthony P. Richards. Have a great day. Thank you.